Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Conversational Leadership with Jay Mann. I'm your host, Jay Mann, Superintendent of the Creighton School District, and I'm excited to have a quick conversation with you about our conversation tours. So at the beginning of the school year, one of the things that we set out to do to support conversational leadership in our school district was to get out into all of the schools and departments and create an opportunity for staff to be able to come and have a conversation with the new superintendent. And the reason it was important that it be a conversation rather than a listening tour is that no matter how active the listening is, often what you'll receive is the way someone is able to express their concern. And the receiver of that information, the active listener, is going to make interpretations about what the concern is, and those interpretations might not be accurate. So by having a conversation, it allows it to become a deeper dive into what the actual concern is and create clarity around what the individual concern or need or even possibly something that someone's trying to express as something that's going particularly well at their school is. And so the example, you know, I I often tend to use is an example um, of someone coming into a library and asking the librarian, I need a picture of a lion. And if the librarian just goes and finds a picture book full of animals and hands it to them and says, here you go, here's a picture of a lion, they might not have actually met that individual's need. But by having a conversation, what they might find out is, well, it's not just a picture of a lion, it's a picture of a lion in the way that it was used on a shield in, you know, 1400s Europe. And it's like, oh, this person's not looking for a photograph of a lion or a drawing of a lion. They're looking for heraldry information. They're looking for a lion rampant on a knight's shield or on a coat of arms for a royal house. And they're really two very different things. And so by having that conversation, by taking that deeper dive into what's meant and what the person's trying to express, you get to greater clarity, and that opens the door to being able to be more targeted in trying to solve the problem or um, support the concern, or if it's something that somebody's wanting to see more of, make certain that we're amplifying something that actually is successful instead of selecting the wrong thing and amplifying it, and it's not, in fact, something that's helpful uh, to improving conditions uh, at a school site or improving learning conditions or whatever it might be. So um, through the, the tour, one of the things that we had the opportunity to do was listen to and have conversations about a variety of levels of concerns. And what I mean by levels of concerns is, in some cases, these were individual concerns. Someone had something that was going on directly related to them um, that they just needed some support or help with. So in the cases that we received that type of feedback, you know, we were able to very quickly sort of dive in, get some support from either leadership at their school site or leaders in the various departments to try to start finding solutions or remedies um, and then communicate back with those individuals uh, to try to be able to support the concern that they had. But in many cases, the concerns were really more, they either were systemic concerns or by virtue of the person sharing the concern they had that was 
um, related to their site or their department or an experience that they had had, what we came to realize is, well, these are larger systemic concerns. These are things that need to be dealt with on a district-wide basis so that we we ensure that whatever this problem is or improvement that needs to be made, that we're doing it for everyone and that it's able to impact the entire district. And what we did with those concerns is we grouped them into um, fundamentally five categories. And that was just based on when we listed them all out and grouped them together, we found that they really fit into those five categories. And the five categories were behavior concerns, compensations, contracts, and staffing, equity and inclusion, curriculum, and then the fifth one was sort of the, the catch-all basket, so that was other topics. So we had three that really didn't group easily into other categories um, you know, that, we, that we put there. And for those concerns, you know, they really required larger systemic implementation, you know, deep dives and um, work to try to figure out you know, what would be the best way to solve the problem and ensure that what we're doing actually does solve the problem. Uh, and that, in some cases, required the development of committees or having a committee that was already formed working on that particular issue. In other cases, it meant handing it off to a team within a department um, to help try to find a resolution or an improvement uh, for whatever the concern was. And so... Um, this grouping, this listing of concerns uh, really kind of came out of several months of conversations. And so one of the things that I think it's important to realize is when you embark on something like a conversation tour, one of the things that, that I often um, feel is important to be aware of is you're going to get concerns from people. And the worst thing that you could do is not respond to those concerns. Uh, because you know, when you don't ask, people feel like you don't care. But when you ask and you don't respond, then people feel like you're purposefully ignoring them or don't value their input or their uh, work on your team or in your organization. And so it's very important to us that we are not only being responsive, but because some of these things will take time, we want to make sure that we're sharing out, yes, we heard you, Yes, we captured your concern, and yes, we're working on it. So uh, over the last couple of weeks, one of the things that we've done is um, our communications director, Emily Wazolik, has made certain that we've shared out the things that we captured, um, those sort of grouped items, with everyone in the district by way of our weekly newsletter, The Creighton Connection. And as we're able to develop solutions, um, information, uh, resources uh, to address these concerns, we will continue to share that information out through the Creighton Connection and through other venues as well to ensure that staff are informed what the, what the solutions were and what's being implemented to try to address these things. Uh, but the key to this is when you do those things, the other thing you need to do is go back and measure and see, did we get it right? And so one of the other things that we'll be doing moving forward is we'll also be coming around again later this year to do another round of conversation tours, both to check in on how are we doing on the issues that we've already started to try to address, 
but also to be able to unearth any new issues that are out there or provide access and availability for someone who might have missed us. So, you know, we were very pleased for the turnout we had. We were able to speak to a lot of people in the district and a, and a broad range of people in different types of positions um, that came out to speak to us. But we also recognize that we have new people who've joined the district since then. We recognize that there may have been people that the scheduling of the tour dates might not have worked for them and they were unable to be there. And we may have had people who were uncomfortable or who didn't necessarily believe that we were legitimately there to hear and address their concerns. And so um, whichever of those categories you fall into that may have prevented you from being part of that first round, I genuinely and truly would encourage you to come around next time we get out there for these conversation tours because we truly are doing it because we care and because we want to work to make our organization better, not only so that way we can create stronger outcomes for our students and achieve our student outcome-focused governance goals, but also because we care about our staff and our, and our employees and our teams. We want to do things to make the organization better for everybody. So what were some of the examples of things that, that came out of this? And, and what might some of those solutions that I referenced look like? Well, like one example is under equity and inclusion. Um, it was brought to our attention that teachers were really feeling the need for the development of social, emotional, and equity curriculum for students. You know, of course, the front line in any school is the teacher interfacing with students. And these teachers were feeling like they didn't have the resources and the training that they needed to a level to be able to be effective in doing this, which was creating an additional burden on them. And of course, you know, teachers being teachers, um, you know, and people in education in general tend to be people who want to get that A. They want to give it their all. They want to be at the top of their game. I think I may have just misled you. They don't want that A. They want that A+. Plus. That plus on that A is really important to them. So when they're feeling like they don't have everything that they need to, to get that A plus and really knock that ball out of the park, you know, that's a, that's a stressor for them. And so we do currently have a team that's working on getting out there, and, um, and they've been doing this already. It's been underway for a bit. But they're trying to determine the most effective um, and most aligned social, emotional, and equity curricular resources for our district and the necessary professional development to go along with that so that we, we can make that available in our district and make certain that we're providing both the resources and the training um, that our teams need in order to effectively implement it. Um, kind of in a parallel area, there's behavior concerns. So we had several things related to behavior concerns. So, the desire for PD that includes everyone involved in behavior intervention in the district. And this may look like something like a new type of a job alike or something like that. Um, and so we're looking at what options we might have in our professional development schedule to empower and make that available. Um, increased support for teachers regarding strategies um, such as conscious discipline, P by S. Different schools use different types of strategi strategies. So one of the things we're looking at is, are there individualized resources on a school basis that we could provide, or is there something that we might want to do programmatically throughout the district? And we're going to try to identify what that might be and make that available 
Um, increase social emotional strategies for teachers to use in the classroom and implementing social skills classes for students. So those last three bullets under behavior concerns, when you think about those, they also dovetail into that equity and inclusion concern. And so one of the other things that we're trying to do, we do have another team. Actually, we have three different teams that are working on behavior concerns right now. Coming up in a future podcast here, we'll have an interview with uh, one of our governing board members to talk about a committee that she's ex officio on that's related to student conduct, and it's the Student Conduct Policy Committee, which is actually a governing board committee um, that does function under open meeting law and is, is open. Um, if any of you would like to watch the live stream or, or even attend a meeting or provide any feedback on the meeting, but that group's working on policy related to student conduct. We have another team that's working on behavior and student supports to try to come up with some proactive solutions to help with um, behavioral issues in the classrooms. And then we have a third group, which is our assistant principals, who have been working together to try to um, further streamline the alignment of consequences and restorative practices uh, when those behaviors do occur in order to make us more unified as a district and, and how we address those behaviors. And also to make certain that those uh, consequences and those restorative practices are aligned not only with our current policy, but with these upcoming recommendations to changes in policy um, so that alignment exists there. So with with all of those things, you know, the other piece is, you know, what kind of strategies come out that are proactive from that team that's working on proactive strategies, and how does that dovetail into some of the social, emotional, and equity curricular resources that we're looking at. So we want to make sure we're being really efficient and holistic, and we want to bring a solid solution that doesn't put a lot of extra burden on the classroom teacher or the bus driver or the cafeteria support person. We want to make sure that we're bringing not only the information and the tool sets, but we're bringing the professional development and we're bringing things that are going to be both effective and that aren't going to be extremely heavy lifts. With co compensation contracts and staffing, um, one of the things that came up was the need for competitive salaries. And that's not something, you know, people can just go in a room and come up with a solution for. Um, but there is a group that keeps going into a room and working hard to come up with solutions, and that's our meet and confer team. So that is one of the topics that they are talking about this year. Um, and they probably won't be able to solve all of that in a single year, but I'm fully and very respectfully um, a believer that they are going to come back with something that'll take us a step forward towards being able to be more competitive in that salary arena. And they'll bring that recommendation forward to our governing board. <clears throat> Having staffing plan for vacancies at school sites is another thing that we're working on, looking at what types of solutions we could put into place for that. Um, that one also is related to, you know, some of the challenges that we have with hiring. So. We had uh, some requests for increased transparency in the hiring process. So we're not only going to be documenting that hiring process and what those transparency elements might be, but we're also taking a deep look at how can we make that hiring more effective and efficient so that way we're filling positions uh, more quickly and effectively, which also ties into that staffing plan for vacancies at school sites. Um, and then communication around start of year three-day paycheck. 
we are not only looking into improving the communications around that, so that way people understand, you know, that that first paycheck back after that period of time without a paycheck typically is short, but we don't want to just leave it there. We're trying to see if there's any solutions out there that we can implement to help offset that burden of having that smaller paycheck right out of the gate. We have we have several, or sorry, we have several um, solutions that we're currently investigating to see if they're legal and viable and feasible. And um, we may implement one of them. We may implement multiple of them. But there will definitely be strong communication around whatever's happening. And we hope to be able to alleviate some of that burden um, that teachers have felt for years when they return from that sort of summer hiatus of, of paychecks. And then in the curriculum arena, um, there were some concerns about the kindergarten evaluation for early assessment um, and, and where testing takes place and all of those things. So we have a team that's digging into that to see if we can improve those practices and communication regarding gifted funding longevity. Um, we will definitely be getting that communication out there, but our top priority at the moment with that and, and other things that might be affected by the sunsetting of ESSER is to really focus on securing mechanisms for being able to fund critical positions and ensure um, that we are able to be in a position that we can retain our employees and staff and be able to continue um, to support them and not lose the people that we value so much in our organization. Um, under the other topics, we have reevaluate late school hours with staff and community. So we've got one school that starts very late, some schools that start partially late. And so that one's going to be a tough one to solve just because some of the logistics related to transporting students throughout the district. But it is something that we're digging into and looking at what options might be there. Um, sharing bus rider rosters with schools is also something that we're, we're working with the transportation team to ensure, uh, and the leadership teams at the school sites to ensure that that information flows easily and effectively so people know which kids are supposed to be on which buses. Definitely all of the things on this list, all of the individual items that people have brought up that we've been working with them on um, have not been forgotten. And we are maintaining a focus on them and we will be communicating out you know, any solutions, anything where we've made some progress or we're able to um, share what's happening moving forward. Um, but in addition to that, as I said earlier, we'll also be back around to check in, see how we're doing, see how you're doing, and I really, truly, deeply encourage you to come on out, have a visit. There's no pressure. There's no judgment. It's just an opportunity for us to have a conversation and find out how we can work together more effectively and what we can be doing to support you better uh, as part of our Creighton family. So thanks for taking the time to listen today. Definitely tune in for our next one when we'll be interviewing our, one of our governing board members, Katie Gibson-McLean, about our student conduct policy committee work. And I think that one's going to be really interesting and definitely one you should tune in for. Thanks again, and thanks for joining us.